eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast, a radio.com sports original. Welcome back to Baldy's Breakdowns. We sit down with you guys every single week. Talk about what's going on in the NFL and what's to come. I'm Jason Lockenfora with my main man, Brian Baldinger. Please, when you listen to the podcast and, and, and subscribe, go ahead, interact. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Hit us up on Spotify, uh, the radio.com app, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast products. You can also find us out on Twitter. I'm at Jason Lockenfora, just like it sounds. I promise it's not that daunting. Baldy's even easier, at Baldy NFL. You can't screw that up. If you tried, we, we got a lot to get to this week, Baldy. Uh, yeah. we, we definitely want to hit on some individual players that caught our attention from what was a wild uh, week 10. We've got some coaches that you want to highlight yeah. as well. Guys, you've really kind of uh, d- broke down the X's and O's and, and, and some attaboys to hand out. And then, as always, we'll finish with uh, highlighting some of the week 11 games that, that we think could go a long way to deciding Good. some things in this league. But, Baldy, I, I, I think when whenever someone says Week 10 2020 to me, yeah. it's going to immediately conjure images of the Hale Murray yeah. and what that kid did to get that ball off and to put it where he did and then what DeAndre Hopkins did to catch it. I don't know about you, Baldy, but every time I see the image of him high-pointing that ball yeah. with three Bills defenders up there, I think of the first Pearl Jam album and <laughs> when everybody, you know, and the whole band's all got their hands up there together. Yeah. Like, it just put a football up there above Eddie Vedder's hands. Eddie um, Vedder. What a freaking play, man. It's a play, You know, it's a th- the amazing thing, just, you know, reading all the stories that have come out, Peter King did something, you know, and a bunch of others. I mean, he'd never thrown a Hail Mary pass in his life. It's crazy. You no, know, he, he's undefeated. You know, you think about it, he goes undefeated at Allen High School, um, you know, just north of Dallas. And he never, he, he, you know, he won every game. He never threw a Hail Mary pass. He has, you know, a Heisman Trophy run at Oklahoma, never throws one, never threw one in the NFL. And this is the first one. And it was interesting because, you know, Buffalo's doing everything they can to keep him in the pocket. You always hear that, ah, just keep him in the pocket, you know, make him beat you from the pocket. And he's like, they're not going to keep me in the pocket. 
And, and it's really, really what you have to know about Kyler Murray is you can draw up all the defenses. You can say, you know, this has worked in the past. He's just different. And if he, because he's just quicker, he's because of his size, he can just move so much quicker than anybody else. It's actually, you know, that whole thing in the combine is he five foot nine? Is he five foot ten? Where's the half inch? It's actually to his advantage because he just moves in and out of crevices like nobody else. And Mario Addison tried to do his best to contain him, to keep him in. And he just gave him a little hesitation move, got outside, set his feet. And then just launch that, you know, that helium balloon yeah. to DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know that he ever saw it. I mean, he was knocked to the sidelines. But it, the Arizona Cardinals, I, I, I've always been a big fan of Cliff Kingsbury. Um, I did a bunch of his games at Texas mm-hmm. Tech, Jason, doing Big 12 games every Saturday. And you go to his office on Friday afternoon, he, he'd have that big uh, grease board in his, in his office, and he'd have about a million – it would look like Einstein in his <laughs> formulas. He'd have – a million plays drawn up there just that week. And he'd clean it off at the end of the week and he'd go out to practice. And, and you know, when he took over, people were like, ah, you know, he's never had a yeah. winning record in college. And, you know, and they were 32nd in the league in offense with Josh Rose and anybody else who were playing a quarterback in every category. They were last. Yeah. You know, they're they're the most exciting team to watch in football right now. You have to watch them. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be – if you just want to pure – Sit on your couch and be entertained in your man cave, wherever. Like, you have to watch this kid play because you never know when you're just going to see something spectacular. It happens every game, and you don't know how many times it's going to happen, including the game winner on on Sunday. On that play, Baldy, we even did a poem on my radio show uh, in Baltimore because I got in a little bit of an argument with with my co-host. I – I hate to divvy it up this way, but if you think about it, like, okay, well, what's more impressive? I keep going back to the throw because he hadn't really done it before. Because if he doesn't put it right there, Nuke can't high point it because he's rolling all the way to his left. He's almost at the boundary. Baldy, he's fallen. He's not even fully leveraged and balanced. He's kind of leaning back, throwing across his body 55, 60 yards downfield, taking nothing away from what the receiver did. But, I mean... Hopkins has run how many Hail Mary drills? Like, he knows how to high point a ball. He's bigger than defensive backs. He wants it more. But, like, I don't think it's that out of character for him to go up and get a ball around smaller DBs. I don't care if there's one of them or five of them. I find myself just going back to the throw thinking, how did he do that? Okay, so I'm with you, Jason. I'm totally with you on this. And and, I, and I'll make it even simpler to understand. If you just took all the players off the field, except for the three DBs and Nuke, and you just said, okay, Kyler, from 50 yards away, throw this ball. You couldn't throw it any better. So now you do it being chased, yeah. trying to plant your feet, and you're getting hit, and you're getting knocked into the sidelines, and the throw is just as perfect. Like, I don't know if you gave 10 shots from the 50-yard line right. and said, okay, throw this ball up there, that you could throw it any better. Like, that's that's how impressive the throw was, you know, to me. And so, you know, Buffalo, you know, they didn't know – because there was 11 seconds, they didn't know if they would take another shot to get right. closer because they really weren't set. Like, even Kyler said, like, we weren't really in Hail Mary mode. Like, we only sent one receiver down the field, you know? And so he said it was kind of screwed up from the beginning. But, I mean, I thought the throw was was the most important part. Me too. Because, if, you know, if you, if you see it all the time. Guys throw it back in the end zone. You know, they leave it short. It gets batted down. 
I mean, it was just in a perfect place to go high pointed. Yeah, but me because like I, I was kind of more blown away by the Diggs catch than I really was Hopkins. But because because I'm like, he's run a million hail mary drills, and he's just, you know what I mean. He's a he's a he's a premier athlete, and he know he's got great vision, and he knows how to high point a ball, but. It's not like he did it in the back of the end zone and had to drag both of his toes or something like that. No. Again, amazing all the way around. But I'm glad now I can go and, and rub it in Kenny Wyman's <laughs> yeah. face. That Baldy's on. That Baldy's on Team Kyler on yeah. this one. Uh, in terms of of other amazing uh, athletic achievements and accomplishments from Week Ten, um, we've seen Alex Smith play. You know, this year and 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 get into games when when Allen goes down and you know they bench Haskins and whatever, but for him to have gone, you know, almost 730 days between starts. And then for that offense to look as out of sorts as it did in the first half. And then for them nearly to pull off an absolutely improbable comeback on the lions with, with Alex Smith um, orchestrating drive after drive uh, and kind of, you know, meticulous, uh, just, well, just overwhelmingly impressive. Well, I mean, it was it was two years to go today, November eighteenth, two thousand eighteen, when he had his leg shattered, and you know, I don't want to go into you know the seventeen operations yeah. and you know the the septic culture and all that stuff that you know the, the fact that you know they ran forty, he, he got the ball back with uh, seven minutes to go, seven minutes and fifty seconds to go in the third quarter, down twenty four three, he engineered engineered four straight drives. That were 45 plays, 293 yards, 24 points, and 21 first downs. And he converted more fourth downs than they had all season combined. You know, and then I mean it was one play after another. And you and you watch it and you go, okay, it's just, you know, it's it's a quarter and a half of football. The NFC East is a disaster, although the Giants look, and we'll get to that, I guess, but I mean they they took the Eagles apart on Sunday. And they look like they're on the right path. I mean, you know, the Redskins, the, the Washington team is still in this thing. I just feel like Alex Smith and just that display might be the best quarterback in the NFC East. And if he is, and if the defense could, you know, just play smarter football because the talent is there, if they could play smarter, could they win four games here down the stretch and have a chance to win this division? I mean, I think it's all possible, but just – admiring Alex Smith and, you know, just overcoming everything that he has to go out there and play. Honestly, when I studied it and watched it, Jason, I can't tell that he had the injury. I mean, that's how it looked to me. And I, I saw him in training camp, but I saw the limp and, and I thought, oh, this right this might not go too good here. You know, it, it's nice, but to watch him play in real football and to bring him back like that, to tie the score up at 24, 24, and then 27, 27, um, I thought it was just, you know, just a great testament to him. few more players we definitely want to highlight here. And then, uh, trust me, later in the show, we're going to talk about Joe Judge, uh, Bill Callahan, a little bit more about Cliff Kingsbury, and then we'll get into uh, the games. Um, but Big Ben uh, kind of doing his thing again oh. there. Uh, he's he To me, he's Isaiah Thomas, man. He's the ultimate point guard. He don't want it in his hand too long. I'll throw one. one. This one's a Ray Ray McLeod. Hey, this one's to uh, yeah. Deontay. Hey, Juju, you get two. You get two now. Uh, oh, Claypool, I didn't forget about you at the end. Here's your yeah. touchdown for the week. It's uh, it's that, you know, when they go into that that hurry up, empty set, five wide stuff, uh, he, he, he'll throw it to anybody at any time. 
But, you know, the thing that's amazing, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, in all your talk shows that you do all week long, that people said, hey, you know, Ben's going to miss a week of practice. He's in COVID protocol. Right, right. He's going to be on Zoom calls. You think it's going to make a difference? I'm like, no. The guy, the guy could go out there in a pair of Bermuda shorts and, you know, flip-flops <laughs> yeah. and make these throws. I mean, look, I don't know how long he could keep going, but he's the one guy that doesn't look like there's any slowdown in him no. at all. And the thing that's just – a const- we, people talk about it, and it's worthy of it. But what they do at the receiver position is amazing. Yes, it's amazing because how many teams just keep missing on receivers? And if you oh, think, I can okay, think of a few. And just three years now, you go get Juju, you get James Washington, you get Deontay, okay, Deontay Johnson out of Toledo, and you get Chase Claypool. None of them are first round picks, all right, and all of them contribute. And all of them, I mean, there's a pecking order there. Juju gets all the throws in the middle of the field. Yeah. He gets most targets. Third down, go to Juju. You want the explosive play, you go to Deontay. You want the play where you need just a big dog at the extra yep. receiver, all right, there, Chase. And then, you know, with the scraps that are left over, like James Washington, I'll throw you a go ball. Um, you know, hey, you crack Ray Ray McLeod, Baldy, they get him off the street. He wins for them on special teams, and now he's, yeah, he's involved yeah. in the five-wide stuff. I know. And, and, you know, and then you go find, you know, Eric Ebron, who looks like Eric Ebron of two years ago with the Colts. Mm-hmm. And you go, well, they're undefeated. And people go, well, you know, I know. No. Like, this team, I don't know who's going to beat them. I thought maybe Baltimore. But, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing that team just, you know, yep. kind of dissolve right now. Yep. I don't know who could beat Pittsburgh. I don't I'm know if it's you. a good thing going 16-0 and 0 or I don't – it doesn't make a difference. It's all about January. But, you know, this team and what Ben did – you go, man, the week before he was carted off the field, like and he's going to come back and then he's in COVID and he's on a, he's, you know, he's on a couch and he's on zoom. And then like, he throws for 33 yards and he hits everybody. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's pretty special. <coughs> Baldy, I, I got to give you an attaboy. You were on this trend before probably anybody else. Uh, the Vikings obviously hit, hit crisis mode uh, in October. The season was looked to be effectively done. Uh, they trade in Gakwe. They're listening to offers on pretty much everybody else. They're trying to figure out which direction they should go. And the one thing they really did in the interim was go young. And yeah. you liked, you know, Cleveland. They, they they reconstruct their offensive line. They get Ezra Cleveland in that mix more. They shed a couple veterans on the offensive line along the way. They have the, the kid from South Carolina, DJ Wanham, replace uh, in Gakwe. All of a sudden, he's closing out games with sacks and strips and, and batted balls. Um, they, they emphasize Justin Jefferson even more in the passing game. Uh, the, the youth shall lead them, Baldy. All of a sudden, go, you're talking about teams who might not lose that many games. Go look at the Vikings schedule. They yeah. actually could be back in this thing. They are back in it. And I, I, I really credit what Mike Zimmer did and what the front office did. They had 15 draft picks, Jason. Yeah. 15 draft picks. And it's really what everybody needs to look at in this league. If you have a good coaching staff and you can coach, Go young. Make your mistakes early. Win late. I mean, Justin Jefferson, who can stop him right now? I mean, you know, not not only is he the best rookie receiver out of 35 that got drafted, but he's one of three receivers in the whole league that's averaging over 18 yards a catch. I mean, you know, I mean, look, I I ripped the Eagles the day of the draft for taking Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. And part of my reasoning was, look, just make a basketball reference here. Would you rather have a big power forward or a small power forward? Give me the big guy every time. Right. I mean, this guy runs people over. 
He's a he's a, an elite route runner. You want him inside, you want him outside, you want him in matchups. I mean, Stephon Diggs, for everything he's doing in the league for Buffalo, which is great, Justin Jefferson, they, they haven't missed a beat with him and Adam Thielen right now and what they have there at BB and the whole group. I mean, they've got a really good complement. The offense line's playing good. There was a battle, you know, in at Soldier Field on Monday night. They came out on top, you know, won great special teams and all that stuff. But, like, they're they're back. And, you know, you know, I know, I know Dalvin had 90 yards, but he had 30 carries. Like, yeah. just keep feeding him. He'll, yeah. Like, look, the Bears are a great defense. They tackle well. One of the few teams in this league that tackle well. You know, they get after you. But, like, he's going to get his – 150, 200 yards in some of these games down the stretch. He, if he stays healthy, he's going to win the rushing title. Yes. And you like they, they've got an identity. And that's really what this stretch run is. I saw like a, a major frost outside this morning, Jason. When the frost <laughs> yeah. hit, the season has begun, right? Yes, sir. So yes, sir. Like when by the time you get to this frost season, what's your identity? What do you lean on? Who are you? Like yes. the Vikings got it figured out. Yep. They do. Yeah, when they start playing the, the Christmas songs 24-7, you know, <laughs> you, you know you're in the stretch run, brother. And trust you're me, right. my, my wife and our eldest, my daughter, they would listen to it three, you know, 24-7, 365. Yeah, if yeah I got, I, I've got so, a yeah. guy that's counted down the, the days to. Oh, yeah, we got, the, we got the advent calendars rocking and rolling already. Uh, you, you, you mentioned what uh, Dalvin Cook's doing. He's a guy who the Vikings identified as a foundational piece and took care of before the season. We all knew eventually the Rams, after making that trade for Jalen Ramsey, were going to have to compensate him uh, probably higher than any corner in the history of the game. And and that, in fact, took place. Baldy, it looks like he's worth it, man. I, I didn't think that defense would be this good coming into the year. Uh, I thought it'd be a couple of stars and then a real drop-off. But they're getting it done. And and it's not just Ramsey and Donald, but that certainly starts with those two. Well, you know, you think about what DK Metcalf has done in this league, you know, for for much of the season so far, and then you go get yourself a six foot three corner, two hundred and whatever Jalen Ramsey is, you know, he's a, he's an outside linebacker is what he is that runs, you know, as, as good as any corner in this league, and he just threw a blanket over DK Metcalf, and he literally, I mean, he had a couple catches, and they were all against zone. They didn't catch yeah. a ball until a minute to go in the third quarter. I mean, Ramsey just so. You know, they have Tampa coming up. So, Mike Evans, what's Mike Evans do? You know, you get Arizona, Nuke, all right? I mean, these are matchups at games within the game that Jalen Ramsey lives for. You know, I made the comparison, and he's he's not alone like this, Jason, but, like, he's like that kid in right field in a T-ball game that looks bored to death because <laughs> he gets no action. Yeah. And then until you give him action. Right. Until you give him a guy, you know, and – Brandon Staley, give him credit. This young kid, defensive coordinator. Yes. Like, it, like I don't know how Sean McVay targeted him. You know, he's been with Vic Fangio in Chicago and places. But this guy, like, his his defenses and what he's doing and how he's mixing it up and how he plays his dime defense and his pressures. And, like, it's really creative. And it's given teams a lot of problems. And so the Rams are back there. I mean, they're running the ball. They lost their left tackle. But – Jalen Ramsey lives for these next couple of weeks yeah. when he goes up against Evans and he goes up against, you know, uh, a, a nuke and in San Francisco, if they, you know, ran an Ayuk, wh- whoever is out there, like he's just going to, he'll see DK again. Yes. And this is when like he earns that kind of money. 
no doubt, no doubt. And and uh, one more player that we we just wanted to spotlight and and highlight uh, on the field and off, Demario Davis, heart and soul player uh, oh. for the New Orleans Saints, does everything all over the field, constant motor, and uh, great news uh, for all the NFL community this week uh, with his daughter uh, now cancer free. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I didn't hear that uh, the results of that. You know, this guy, he's been in the league for nine years, Jason. You know, he's been with the Jets and yeah. Cleveland, and, and he's third year now with New Orleans. The guy doesn't miss games. Not just that. He's played every snap this year. Like, in this world of the NFL where it seems like the cart gets carried out, you know, is on the field, like, you know, five times a game taking these guys off the yeah. field. Like, he – I mean, knock on wood, but he, he plays every snap. And that game that he had the other day, I mean, he, he did everything. Like he blitzed San Francisco. He covered. Yeah, he had solo tackles. Like he leads his team in tackles wherever he's at. Cleveland the Jets every yeah. year in tackles. He never come. He 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 gets everybody lined up. And I just think he's he's just so underappreciated when we talk about linebackers that you know it was just time to to give Demario Davis you know the rightful attention in in how he, in how he plays the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Tremendous player, tremendous person, and and obviously everybody rooting um, for him and and his his daughter. Uh, Baldy, we, we we did talk about Cliff Kingsbury a little bit. Uh, I know you also have been uh, blown away by the work that Joe Judge and Bill Callahan uh, have been doing as well. Anything that you want to uh, expound on regarding uh, those guys? Well, I just I'll just uh, I'll start with Bill Callahan. He's you know he's he's been a a lifelong offensive line coach. He started yes. with Ray Rhodes in Philadelphia in 1995. I was there. Um, you know, he's been a head coach out in, with the Raiders. But yep. everywhere he goes, everywhere, the offensive line improves, the run game improves. And I saw uh, Cleveland firsthand on Sunday, and I was talking to the, the running back coach, Stump Mitchell. And Callahan runs the run game. Um, he puts the offensive line together. And so you watch Cleveland and Wyatt Teller back at right guard. And if you looked at the interior – Wyatt Teller, J.C. Treader, and you know Joel and Bentonio, they, they could be the best in the league. Yes. And now you get a healthy Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Like these two guys are the best one-two punch in the league. Cleveland has their identity. I mean, I've been there twice now, Jason. It's been 50-mile-an-hour wins on both games. You can't throw the football. You better be able to run it, and they can. And, you know, in this past crazy league, can you run the ball, you know, to the playoffs? You know, like a traditional way, not with your quarterback like right. you know, Lamar, but like in a traditional way of rotating backs with a great offensive line. And you know, the thing about Callahan is if you take this away, he's going to do this to you. Like he's that master chess player. Whatever great move you think you've just made to take this away, he'll hit you with angle blocks, you know. And so he's really good. You know, and then what Joe Judge is doing in New York is just amazing. It really is. I mean, I don't know that. Last year, I, I didn't think any team improved as much as what Brian Flores did, you know, down in, in Miami from going 0-7 to looking really good at the end of the year and now a five-game win streak this year. When you look at the Giants to start the season, watch them early in the year, yes. I thought this was a disaster. Me too. We talked about it here. We both had serious reservations. They took the Eagles apart. They yeah. took them, physically took them apart on Sunday. You know, I mean, they, they outcoached them. But it's everywhere. The offensive line has come together. 
the run game minus Saquon. I mean, Alfred Morris, where was Alfred Morris hiding? <laughs> like, yeah. like, what golf course was he hanging on? Um, yeah, he's an effective runner because they're getting things done up front. And the quarterback for the second week in a row didn't turn it over. And defensively, they're going to give you problems now. I mean, they went out there yes. and I give this, you know, Dave Gettleman, everybody has ripped Dave Gettleman, who had got themselves Logan Ryan and James Bradbury, got themselves two good corners. You know, they paid the franchise tag for Leonard Williams. He looks like he's worth it, right? I mean, they gave the Eagles everything they could handle. And they took the division from them. I mean, I know they only have three wins, but they're an improved football team. And no doubt. They're going to win more games down the stretch here. Yeah. No, I'm I'm completely with you. They, they uh, you talk like they're, they're another team to me that kind of has figured out what they are a, a little yeah. bit, you know? And mm-hmm. the defense is, is legit. Well, you mentioned the Eagles, which – uh, a half dozen games we want to highlight. Let's let's start with Philly and Cleveland. I think we both thought that Philly might get healthy a- after the bye, and they did, and that maybe that would help them. It really didn't. Carson Wentz uh, still looks hyper, doesn't look comfortable to me. Uh, and Cleveland got just as healthy as the Eagles coming off the bye, maybe even healthier they know absolutely who they are. They don't want Baker Mayfield chucking it more than 20 times. Both running backs go for 100 yards last week behind that that offensive line that's now fully reconstituted. As you mentioned, Baldy, um, the, 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 the Giants had success running on the Eagles. Uh, is this a case of Philadelphia catching the wrong opponent at the wrong time? I was listening to the defensive coordinator of the Eagles, Jim Schwartz. You know him well. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, – he he said, and I and I totally agree with Jim on this. He said when he when they face Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, like they're not facing the best tandem of backs. They're facing the two best backs that they have faced all year. And that includes Ezekiel Elliott and go through yeah. the list of guys. Because these guys, when you watch them, you talk about contact runners, they bounce off contact. I mean, none of them go down. And you know, the Eagle linebackers, they make tackles, but they're five yards down the field. Yeah. Like they like if they're if they're not just sound in what they're doing on Sunday, Cleveland will shred them. They'll, they'll shred them up front they, they, because they've got every block, every run known to man that they can do, and they're good at all of them. And they're tight ends block as well. So I think Philadelphia has their hands full. You're going to have to – Carson is going to have to um, straighten himself out, and I just, I just don't see it. I don't see the connection, the timing – Right now, the anticipation of the throws that you've got to have to be successful. And he doesn't trust his protection. Like, he bails too soon, and he he's just overly dramatic in the pocket. Yeah. Um, they, they, they're they just – they look completely out of sorts. They don't they haven't played a, a, a four quarters of a football no. game all year. I think this is this game is made for Cleveland. I, I agree, Baldy. And if so – that makes the AFC wild expanded wild card race even more interesting. And specifically within uh, the AFC North, Cleveland still gets to play Baltimore again. Uh, Cleveland's a different team than they were week one. Baltimore's definitely from a health standpoint, a very different team than they were week one. They lose Nick Boyle, Baldy. Uh, how many teams are willing to pay their blocking tight end seven, $8 million a year? Not, not, not too many, but Baltimore is, and he's now lost for the season. Baltimore's offensive line will be completely reshuffled again this week due to injury and also yep. due to Matt Skurr's, uh 
difficulty snapping the ball. It sounds like Bozeman, I'm hearing, is going to center. Now they'll have two new guards, and they'll have their last year's backup center, Makari, playing right tackle. They face a Tennessee team at 6-3 and three that whipped them in the playoffs last year, Baldy. But this isn't the same Titans team. No. The loss of their tackles, Conklin and Luan, Boy, that offense seems to constrict every week now. It just looks a little less there in the run game, a little more hit or miss in the pass game. Um, but they face Baltimore, who's not going to have in all likelihood Brandon Williams and Calais Campbell, their two best run stuffers. And we saw what Henry did to Baltimore last year. Whoever loses this game, Baldy, is in a world of hurt, and whoever wins it probably saves their season. I, I, I it's, It probably does tilt like that. And, you know, just to see the the, the – the attrition uh, up front for Baltimore, um, you know, I mean, through this whole thing now. And so it just puts more and more pressure on Lamar because yeah. the running backs right now, you know, after two weeks here against the Colts and against the Patriots, their running backs, uh, Ingram, Dobbins, Edwards, they're averaging less than three yards a carry. I mean, just think about that. I mean, this is the team that's shattered an NFL record for rushing yards in a season last year. And their running backs, not Lamar, just the running back. Averaging less than three yards a carry on forty carries over the last two weeks. So, here's the thing, though, Baldy, they they don't have a running back averaging more than eight carries a game for the season. Yeah, Lamar well, averages ten carries. Like when I almost feel like when Ingram's in the mix, it's a problem because they 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 have more trust in him, and I think that's Greg Roman's guy. But the only stuff that works for them is the pitch plays, the outside zones, the speed sprints off off tackle, and that's Dobbins. But Dobbins only touched the ball five times against a New England team that doesn't have any athletes who can compete on the edge in space. So yeah. how much of it is, you know what I mean? Well, do, I think do they need to find a hot hand and ride it? It's too much by committee. One guy has five carries. One guy has six carries. One guy has seven carries. And then you wonder why you didn't run the ball that well. Yeah, well, they, you know, they couldn't sustain offense very good. Obviously, the weather had something to do with it. But I, I think it just puts a lot more pressure on Lamar. And I just, I, I, I pinpointed about three plays in a game last week in that, you know, in that monsoon they played in um, where Lamar, I think, I think he's guilty and I could be wrong, Jason. This is just me. I think he's guilty of listening to all the outside noise. Uh -huh. You got to be a better quarterback. You got to make the throws like Lamar's best runs are when he scrambles. Yeah. And so like call the pass, call the pass play, take a look for Andrews. Take a look at, you know, what, what Willie Sneed is doing or Hollywood or whatever. And if you don't like it, go. Just yeah. go. Like, stop. Like, I, he made this throw to Willie Sneed the other day on second and 12. And, you know, it wasn't a bad throw. It went through Willie's hands. They dropped a bunch of passes the other day. Yep. Like, I, I, I see 15 yards for him to go run. Just go take it. Like, that's – and just stay on the field. Yeah. Where you can, you can maintain a rhythm, and you might get J.K. Dobbins 10 carries instead of five. You know, and and so that's what to me is part of it is part of what's missing right now. And the other thing is, they are very predictable in yeah, what yeah. they do. Now, last year when they were just had elite players at every position, you know, and and Ronnie Stanley's over, and you know, right. and Yonda, right? And you just get this elite group, and and everybody's healthy all year, that you could be predictable. But to Greg Roman right now, you need more misdirection. You need more formations. You need more ways to do it. I, I think the Patriots, I mean, they really figured them out last week. And when they weren't really reversing their field and misdirection and all that kind of stuff, I mean, they just 
ran and chased from behind. And They exposed and, Patrick Queen, did they not? I mean, it looked to me like Belichick said, we're going to find out just how much this young linebacker can handle. And I didn't like him against the run or the pass. Yeah. Well, I mean, you do that to, to Malik and to Patrick Queen and the short passing game and just the run game. I mean, they had 13, 13 runs that went for five yards or more. So, you know, Brandon Williams, you know, Calais Campbell. I mean, you put Jelly in there and you put all those guys there that they have. I mean, the Patriots just stayed on. They stayed on course. They couldn't. The Ravens couldn't get them into a negative play. Yeah. The whole twenty-five night. first downs, Baldy. Like yeah. Twenty-five first. To who? So two wounded teams here. Do you have a lean in this game? Because Tennessee's defense is not good. No, they're not. Um, this this has to be a game where Lamar has to look like the MVP of the league again. Like he has to. Re, he have to. He has to find that. Um, otherwise, I think Tennessee will win this game. So, but. Lamar, like the second half against the Colts when he was just all right. world, like he needs to play like that, you know, to keep this team in because I don't believe they're going to run the ball with their backs very well. So it's it's going to have to be him. He's going to have to take on the Titans himself in large part and just make these spectacular plays. He needs to be a highlight reel on Sunday, and he's capable of doing it. But I, I, he has to stop listening to what anybody else wants right. to say outside of that organization. And I think he does listen to it. Yeah. And I think he just needs to get back to being the best athlete on the field and using that to his advantage. Well, the Titans are locked with Indianapolis uh, at six and three, although the Colts have that huge tiebreaker over them. Um, Indianapolis coming off uh, a little extra rest because of the Thursday night game going against a Green Bay team. Um the Colts have quietly started running the ball a little better, yeah. Baldy, which I think is huge for them. Um, I like Wilkins. I like when they feature Hines. I think he's a guy who they should probably be throwing to a lot in the horizontal passing game against a Green Bay team that really wants to pin its ears back and rush the quarterback. But they they don't they don't do a whole lot against the run. This is a classic game where Indianapolis's offensive line has to win this game. Yes, and th- that that means giving Philip Rivers the extra tick, you know, to go through progressions to find the open guy, and in the run game. They need to take these guys off the ball. And Green Bay's, you know, Achilles heel is against the run. They have struggled against teams uh, over the course of two years now. And they have to they have to make it a struggle for them because they want to rush the passers and Darius and Preston. They want to get after it. And they just don't have the beef up front to really slow teams down when they really want to start pounding it. And the best thing you could do is keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline for as long as possible. And then when he does come on the field, look, this Marquez Valdez-Scantling woke up two weeks ago. They need the third option, and he's been that guy for two weeks in a row now. And I think Aaron really is beginning to trust him. But you need to keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline for a long time. And I think I think that uh, Nick Sirianni and, and Frank Wright know that, and I think that's going to be the game plan. I, I like the Colts to win this game. I'm with you, Baldy. I, I think their throwback style is is exactly the way to counter Green Bay's tendencies. Um, I guess that would be considered a mild upset. Probably uh, one of the more memorable upsets of this entire 2020 season so far would have to be the Raiders out slugging the Chiefs a few weeks back in Arrowhead. Uh, I, I still find myself, Baldy, watching the Raiders saying, 
boy, it's like a lot of smoke and mirrors on defense. Like I, I, I just don't see a lot of individual talent. I don't see the kind of athletes that the teams that win in a regular basis in this league tend to have on their defense. But they're very efficient offensively. They run things through Jacobs. It's a lot of throws to the right, running backs and tight ends, high percentage stuff. And it's just enough deep balls occasionally to Ruggs and Aguilar to keep people honest. Could they pull off the double whammy and shock the Chiefs twice? I wish there were fans inside the Death Star on, on Sunday, you know, to see this. Because, I mean, it's one of the great rivalries yes. in the NFL. And it's back to that. I mean, when you beat the Chiefs, like they did, you know, at Arrowhead in week five, like it, it's back to being a rivalry. And the way the, the Raiders are playing right now, I mean, I think that Josh Jacobs and Devontae Booker are the second best tandem of backs in the league behind what they have in Cleveland. They really complement one another very well. And to think that, that, that the Raiders are doing this without, you know, Trent Brown and, you know, you know, without, you know, Colton Miller. and But these backups, Brandon Parker, I mean, they're playing really well. They're blocking really good. Gabe, Gabe Jackson and Rodney Hudson, they're doing a great job up front. And that's what Gruden wants to do. I mean, he wants to – he just wants to pound you. But they're going to need you – know, if you go back to that week five game, I mean, Henry Ruggs, he caught a 71-yard touchdown pass, caught the, the Chiefs in a blitz, and Derek Carr made him pay. Uh, they need more from Ruggs in this yeah. game. They need him to be Tyreek Hill. And if they can, if he can get, you know, two or three explosive plays out of Ruggs – They'll find Waller and they'll find Aguilar, you know, enough. But they need the big home run ball to Ruggs. And this is the game where he has to be worth that the first wide receiver off the board in this draft. The, like the, because there's the Chiefs can just flat out score. And it doesn't matter if you, um, you know, the, the way the, the Panthers did two weeks ago, keep, you know, Mahomes on the sideline for, you know, 36 minutes. He's like, he'll, he'll take his 24 minutes and, He'll put up 35 points. Right. So you, you're going to get – there's going to be some level of shootout in this game, no matter how hard you try to keep him on the sideline. He's just that good. So um, they, they the only interception of the year was by Jeff Heath, uh, who had two last week. And they're going to have to find a way to take it away one time, and then they can't turn it over. I mean, they have a chance. It's got to be a perfect game plan, you know, to, get, to really tighten this race up. I don't see it happening. I see the Chiefs right. winning it. But the Chiefs, when they get on the road and there's no fans, they look a little bored at yes. times to me. Yes. And they look a little complacent. And then, you know, like when it's crunch time, they, they kind of like, you know, put it in gear like they did against the Panthers, like they did against the Chargers this year. They look a little bored. And, I don't, you know, I don't know. Like they're, there's no hangover here. They're winning games like crazy. But I, I think the, Ra the Raiders give them a heck of a game. I, I just think the Chiefs you know, are just that explosive right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there, Baldy. Rams against the Bucks. Is this the week where we see the primetime Tampa Bay look like the Tampa Bay we've seen on, you know, 1 o'clock or 4 o'clock on Sundays? Obviously, you know, they struggled with the Bears. They, they've, they've struggled um, with the Saints a couple of times. Do you sense things turning there, at least in terms of consistency uh, for Tampa, or is this one a toss-up? I think it's a toss-up. You know, I think that this Rams defense is really – seems like it's just difficult to figure out. Yeah. Uh, teams are struggling against them, and they play a lot of combination coverages. 
They're in zone. They're in man. They're, they're manning on one side of the field, zone the other. It looks complicated to me. I don't know that anybody can just pierce them. You know, and I'm sure Brady is putting all the late night work yeah. in. Um, you know, Team Brady is going to work on this thing. Uh, it, it, they they fool a lot of these quarters. They fooled Russell Wilson last week. Um, he did not have a good game against them. He's they've done it a bunch, but I, I do like the band, the Bucks defense in this game to keep the score down. I I don't believe that the Rams are going to have a lot of success running the ball. I think they're going to really feel the loss of the left tackle Whitworth yeah. right here in this game, and they've got a bunch of good rushers, JPP, and uh, you know out there and some guys that could get to the edge. So. Uh, you know, I, I like Tampa in this game, but I like him because I think defensively, this is a game where they have to they have to win this game and carry. Because I, I think I think the Bucks' offense is going to struggle a great deal tonight. Yeah, I I I I tend to agree. Losing your left tackle will generally catch up with you, especially when it's a guy who's who's such a leader uh, uh, and really the heart and soul of that unit. The way uh, Whitworth is with that offense. So Baldy, last but never least. Our Thursday night matchup, which looks like it could be, uh, well, it is a huge game, and I I have a feeling it'll be pretty entertaining because it sure as heck was when these teams met a few weeks back, the Cardinals and the suddenly struggling Seahawks. We know Seattle's defense stinks, but how about my man Russ? I mean, he's been cooking, but the the ingredients have been wrong, Baldy. I mean, a three in the span of. Five weeks, he's had a three-turnover game and two four-turnovers games. That's not him. It's never been him. Now he's got a short week to get it turned around. Um, otherwise, Seattle, just like we mentioned with Baltimore and Tennessee, and you could throw Chicago in there, teams that, you know, a month ago, hey, they look pretty good. They mess around and lose this week. Don't look so good. Well, I mean, they don't have – you lose the running backs like they have. I mean, it, it – it really makes it a one-dimensional, you know, offense. And I think that right now, the way, I mean, I think Patrick Peterson, you know, you, you just see the matchups right here. Patrick Peterson will, you know, will line up on DK and, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll combination coverage on Tyler Lockett. And, you know, I mean, I think they've got the pieces on the back end to make things difficult. Um, you know, they, the Arizona Cardinals got Kenyon Drake back last week. I know he fumbled once, but he had 100 yards rushing. Yeah. And the combination of Drake and and Murray uh, and what they do, um, you know, on all these RPOs and is it a run, is it a pass? And if it's a run, all of a sudden these tight ends go down the field and they're blocking. It's a, it's tough. It's really tough. I mean, nobody plays more five receivers than the Arizona Cardinals do in addition to that. And then so then you go, okay. You got five guys out here from Isabella to Kirk to Fitz to, I mean, you got all these guys out there and then you got to like try to bottle and throttle, you know, this quarterback. Like to me, I just think Arizona, they went up there last year and they won. I think they're going to go up there again and win again. I mean, they, I think they're just a better football team right now. And you like, if Russell turns it over like he has been like, forget it. But, you know, if, but if he plays a clean game, you know, I mean, you can see this thing coming down just like it did last time to whoever has the ball last, whoever has the chalk in their hand last, you know, because, look, the best pass rusher Seattle has is Jamal Adams rushing, yeah. you know, and blitzing. And that's what he does best anyways. 
Right. That's what he was. Same thing with the Jets, Baldy. I mean, he was their best pass rusher, so he's used to that. You know, they put him in that position where he comes off the edge. He, you know, he creases him, and you know, and he he, he creates negative plays, but it, it doesn't fix him on the back end in how they defend the pass right now. And so, I just think that you know, Arizona's used to playing these close games, these tight games, um, and so they're not a great defense right now by any stretch. So I think. This is could be, you know, take the over in the game, whatever it is, and expect this game to come down to the final possession like it seems like it does. It's a, you know, it's 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 Kyler's cardiac kids right now. Yeah. No, it'll be it'll be great stuff. I, I can't wait to uh have a beverage or five and watch it. Uh, <laughs> this has been another edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. We thank you guys as always. For tuning in, please, again, uh, let us know what you think on iTunes, Spotify, Radio.com app, wherever you get your podcast goodness. Uh, again, you can find me on Twitter at Jason Lockin4. You can find Baldy on Twitter at BaldyNFL. But you guys know that already because you're as addicted to Baldy's uh, X's and O's video breakdowns on Twitter as I am. Baldy, I, I wish you safe travels and a, yep. a great week, brother, and look forward to doing this again Uh looking ahead to week 12 and reviewing week 11 next week. Well, I'm going down to see Jameis Winston's uh, New Orleans Saints or Taysom Hill, whoever lines up at quarterback. And, Jameis. Yeah, probably Jameis. So uh, going to see if he can, you know, put those those uh, demons of his in the passing game behind and see if they can lead the, uh, you know, lead the Saints forward like the way Titty did last week. But I have a feeling that Atlanta's going to be up to the challenge. So, We've been some great football. It's just going to get better and better here, Jason. Let's get together next week and do it all over again. Rock and roll, brother. Talk to you then. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.